Win Daily family. Good early evening, I guess, uh, in San Diego here. It's a little, uh, I guess, early evening. Uh, everywhere else is evening. But hello, everyone. Uh, welcome to the February, it's going to be the February 5th podcast here. Uh, I'm here with uh, Andrew Erickson. We kind of did a little role reversal today. So, Andrew, say what's up. Dude, you absolutely smashed that intro. I love it. <laughs> so Andrew's making fun of me because I'm uh, I'm taking over the hosting doodle, duties today. We're going to kind of uh, take a, a little spin in a different direction since NFL is over. So Andrew, let me ask you today, um, now that NFL is officially over, thank goodness the 49ers didn't win because they didn't pass my Cowboys and Super Bowl champs. What are your recommendations after the NFL now? Yeah, so I think that this is a time where you can kind of figure out a little bit um, about what you want to do in terms of, you know, you want to continue playing DFS. Do you want to look at something else? So for me, at least, you know, I'm in the Win Daily, you know, Discord. I see a lot of people, you know, all the activity we have and, you know, all the different sports. And it's hard not to want to continue to play and, and look at some of these other sports. So I, I'm definitely not, you know... Uh, that great when it comes to like NBA and, and PGA, but you know, I've, I put together a couple of golf lineups and I, you know, I, I doubled up a little bit last week and I had a little bit of fun doing it. So I think that it's worth it to just start to play some of these other games because you definitely have the resources. This is where you start to learn um, and you can really start to kind of build the foundation so you can continue to play DFS. And, and if NFL is your big, you know, what you would like to play, you know, continually, you know, build up a little bit of more of a bankroll. So when, the season comes around next year, you'll have a little bit more to play with. So I think it's a perfect time to start to get introduced to a newer sport and what better place to start than at Win Daily. Yeah, yeah. You can find us on Win Daily Sports. Um, Andrew Erickson writes articles for, for Win Daily. I'm on there all the time. I'm on our Discord chat. Um, you can you can always ask us for advice on that, you know. I, I am going to do a video on uh, bankroll management. I think that's, that's going to be good for, for you all. So be on the lookout for that. So something that we we like to talk about, and I, I know you've taken interest in this, um, you didn't really talk about it too much here. So the XFL, um, are you excited for it? I mean, it's the extreme football league. How can you <laughs> not be excited for it? I've I mean, been I this excited. I've been this excited since Kyle Uzcheck scored a touchdown in the Super Bowl. <laughs> Listen, I called that on SiriusXM, so I was I was really happy <laughs> with that call. I hope people took my advice. It, it won me some money, and hopefully, it won others some money. But with the XFL, I'm not as excited because it's not run by the wrestling people anymore. That's what I was excited about, you know, WWE running the show, and then it flopped after a few years. So um, they're giving it a twirl now with this XFL. So really, here's my first question to you. So who wins this year? Who's going to win the championship? Who are the favorites? What, what do you think? So, yeah, so most of the favorites, you know, whether you look at a couple different sports books, uh, DraftKings Sportsbook, I believe, had – either the Dallas Renegades or the Houston uh, Roughnecks as their favorites to win. I know that Caesars Palace had the Tampa Bay Vipers as the team with the highest win probability in terms of just the amount of wins they had projected. You know, it's an eight-game season, two-game playoff. So they had the Vipers at like seven and a half wins. Um, So those are probably the favorite teams. And then the team that is kind of down to the dumps from the majority, it seems like one basically you can get like the best odds in terms of like a payout is the Seattle Dragons. So, of course, you know, hey, I mean, we really don't know what's going to happen in this league. So I I took that as a a plus like what it was like plus, you know, like 9,000 or something like that. Something pretty. And I was like, hey, like 
anything can happen. It's eight games. Um, you know, a quarterback gets hurt. I mean, that can totally derail a team. And the thing with Seattle is that they're a team that is probably the most like run focused team, which seems like, Oh, like that seems stupid. But again, when you look at their team and looking at their roster, it's not, the rules are different. So that's something you have to like, you know, really kind of when you just, if you watch it, you know, you're going to know that notice that the rules are different and definitely it is catered towards offenses. But I, I don't think that necessarily if all these teams built themselves up like NFL teams, like that would necessarily benefit them. So I think that Seattle, by nature of just being different, that they are a more run-heavy team, whereas teams like Houston and Dallas are much more folk, and, and the Vipers are much more pass-heavy. Ultimately, I think that's why Vegas and Caesars has them projected and win more games because, hey, passing usually leads to more points. But ultimately, you know, how this actually plays out, it could be Seattle as the team that's different that could ultimately, you know, be the team that wins it all. Yeah. No, that's a uh, – and there you have it, Daily, Your short answer <laughs> your Andrew Erickson guru, your XFL guru, I should say. Um, I'm, I'm, I am interested to see how Bob Stoops does with the Dallas Renegades. Um, I think I'm going to cheer for the L.A. team just because it's the closest to me um, and, you know – See how the Wildcat do with Mr. Winston Moss, who I've never even heard of in my life. But um, they are projected to finish fourth, so maybe I'll put some money on that. Never know, right? Um, so let's take a, a dive into the two-game slate. Does it sound good to you? Yep, so, that works. Yeah, so just looking at it, I haven't done any research, so I'm going to rely heavily on you. I've done you know, just looks into the teams and the odds and like, like you just described. So let's, let's dive into this first game. Because on FanDuel, we do have an interesting format of, uh, of salary, which I've never seen before. But it, it is interesting. I like it. Um, you have a QB. You have a running back. You have two wide receiver tight ends and then two flex. So it's an interesting format, to say the least. Um, but diving into this two-game slate, you got Seattle at D.C. Uh, sounds like Seattle is the underdog against this D.C. team. So what are your thoughts on this? Yeah, so so this is definitely a game that like I don't like. I mean, I'm sure that DC. I think they're favored by like seven, if I had to guess. In there, and that's another thing too. I think that the home teams, it's going. I think the home teams are going to have a very special edge, especially with a team like Seattle. I think that's also why you know, Seattle has to travel, um, and a lot of a lot of these games they're going to have to travel pretty far distances. Mm-hmm. Um, and remember, so we, we talk about home and road splits, you know, in the NFL and a lot of other, you know, professional sports is, oh, home field advantage. But, like, it's kind of, like, dissipated a little bit because of the fact that, you know, modern technology and, like, you know, we have, you know, great airplanes now. We have all this technology to, like, help people, like, stay up to date, you know, with the time zone differences. But, like, I don't know, like, what type of, like, transportation, like, these people are using. Like, like how is Seattle flying to D.C.? Are they flying, like... Hey, like we have our we have like the Seahawks private jet. Are they like flying like JetBlue? Like <laughs> maybe Coach. I'm gonna go with Coach for XFL season one. So, <laughs> so, um, so I think yeah. that's something to consider. I would say, you know, it would not surprise me at all if we look back th- at the first weekend and be like, oh my god, all the home teams just smashed. Mm. Um, I think that would be an important takeaway, and I think that's something that I definitely want um, to just keep an eye on. Just that's something to note. Um, but in this matchup in particular, yeah, I think that the D.C. has a pretty good – they are the defenders. So on paper, their defense is actually pretty legit. Um, and they do have probably one of the more well-known quarterbacks in Cardell Jones. So he played at Ohio State. 
Um, really known more for coming in when JT Barrett got hurt and leading the team to, to the national championship. Um, whereas Seattle has a guy, Brandon Silvers, um, who really hasn't done much. He was in the AAF as a backup, um, never really stuck around with an NFL team. And he's actually, so I'm actually looking at DraftKings prices. He's actually ranked below one of the backups on the, uh, on the Dallas Renegades. (laughs) So, so, I mean, whether that's an error on DraftKings, I don't know. I mean, it's not, he's definitely not a quarterback that you want to target. You know, just looking at, you know, we want guys with mobility, you know, guys that are going to run around. Brandon Silvers is like, is like the one quarterback in this league. That's like stands in this is like a statue quarterback. Um, Mm -hmm. and doesn't have like an offensive coordinator type coach, like, like the Bob Stoops or, um, uh, the June Jones of the world who are definitely like in like, Hey, we're just going to like throw the ball like a hundred times. Um, Seattle's definitely in a more run heavy focus, which actually I, I do like the running back, uh, Kenneth Farrow, who has played, has some, some NFL experience. He played with the chargers. He played with the Patriots for a little bit. So there are a couple guys there. I like um, Seattle definitely is going to be a more run heavy team um, with DC also they also have some good running backs as well. So they actually have it's, – it's funny. So they actually have the all-time leader in AAF um, mm-hmm. in, in rushing yards in uh, Presley. Uh, I think it's uh, Jarrell Presley. Yeah, Jarrell Presley. And then they have the all-time leader in rushing yards at the college level in Donnell Pumphrey. <laughs> so <laughs> they're another team that can, that can run the ball. Um, but I would try to fade Seattle's passing attack. It, it, I don't think they're really going to have much of one. And it's weird because they have a lot of receivers that are priced up pretty high on DraftKings with Keenan Reynolds and Kaysan Williams. Um, Keenan Reynolds, if you guys remember, was a quarterback like hybrid player at Navy, and he scored 88 touchdowns um, at the college level. So he's a guy that I could see them possibly exposing that double pass. Um, where basically you can throw a forward pass, but it has to be behind the scrimmage, and then that other player can then throw the ball again. Um, so Keenan Reynolds is an interesting guy there. But I will say one: the only the other thing with DC as well is so they did there the highest receiver on DraftKings is Rashad Ross. So he was a really big AAF player, but he was traded um, from the Wildcats to DC for Trey McBride. So. Rashad Ross is the most expensive receiver on DraftKings, and we don't even really know if he even knows the whole offense because um, he was traded. So mm. it's really hard for me. I'm not sure what his um, what's his price on on FanDuel for Rashad Ross. Uh, for Rashad Ross, let me pull that up. I was actually so I was actually reading something while I looked that up. Um, Jim Jordan's a coach who we who we know. Uh, his offensive coordinator is going to be Mike Riley, who looks to focus on the run. And Riley in the AAF finished with the fewest passing yards to, to, to end the season. So Riley, their offensive coordinator, is a run-heavy guy, and you hit the nail on the, on the coffin with saying that. So um, don't focus on the passing game. Yeah, I, I mean, I would say, if anything, that's going to take away you know, potential for D.C. to like, you know, have a higher ceiling. So, I mean, mm-hmm. if you want to get – I'm not sure I really – I like the running backs, I think, the most in this game in particular. I think yeah. Ross is really expensive for a guy that – I mean, I, I can I can confidently – I mean, touches is going to be obviously super hard to project, but I can probably mm-hmm. say, like, that Kenneth Farrow will probably get more touches than Rashawn mm-hmm. Ross um, if he's the lead running back in the Seattle offense. 
Um, yep. So I do think that Kenneth Farrow has a good chance to see a lot of touches in this game. Um, and, and again, it's, it is tough to like tell like which defenses are good because like we, we re- <laughs> this is a really a scenario where defenses doesn't really matter <laughs> because like mm-hmm. we don't know. Um, yeah. We, we yeah. really don't know. So you got to kind of have to look at just look at projections and hopefully the depth charts come out um, pretty soon. But yeah, it uh, looks like Farrell will get the majority of the snaps. Um, he's he's priced um, at. I'm trying to look. Oh, I'm looking at the receiver. Sorry. So Ross's price is fifteen dollars, uh, and then Farrell's price is seventeen dollars. And remember, in FanDuel for XFL, you have a hundred dollars salary now. So it's it's pretty interesting. Like I said, I honestly think I'm going to max enter this tournament. It's for a hundred k. You can have 150 entries. Nine dollars a pop. No one knows what's going to happen. It's going to be lucky. Maybe I'll get lucky. You know, I'll, I'll do my research more probably on Thursday or Friday. But in just reading about this, it looks like avoid the Seattle passing game, which I am going to do. I won't have one lick of it. So I'm going to focus mainly on um, on the D.C. running ba- uh, quarterback, on the L.A. quarterback, and the Houston quarterback, which we'll talk about that game next, um, and then just stack the receivers. I'm going to do it similar to football and see what happens. And the only thing I'm going to have of Seattle is is the running backs. So just, just reading at this, it looks like it's going to be a dual threat running game. And with a heavy focus on the on the run for Seattle. Yeah, no, for sure. And, and that's the thing too. I think that stacking is going to be like ultimately the way that you end up winning some of these like big tournaments, especially with the overtime rules. Where basically, mm-hmm. like, if a game goes into overtime, it's like, oh my god, like you've just unlocked like because there's no because it's like a shootout kind of. So yeah. it just goes back and forth and back and forth. So it's like there's so many there's so much more potential for points like. You could you your guy could have thirty points going into overtime and finish with like fifty. Yeah. So so it's like insane. So it's like if you're if if you miss out on overtime, you're like, oh my god, I'm dead. Like, but if you have like that, your starting quarterback or running back in, in the overtime game, like yeah. you're gonna you're gonna smash. Yeah, could definitely work out. So I think we uh, we kind of uh, beat that horse on that game. Let's go on to the next one, which is going to be my team LA just I just announced it here live on uh, this <laughs> podcast so LA going to, into Houston and one of the names I notice I'm sorry to steal your th- your thunder is Sammy Coates this guy played on Pittsburgh he was a solid wide receiver with them didn't really get a chance he, he ran into injuries a lot um but he's going to be the star receiver of this league from what I've been reading so he, he's on Houston he, they have a home game so what are you targeting on this game from the get-go yeah, no, I definitely love the Houston quarterback or the Houston uh, passing game. You know, anyone that's really in that offense is going to like eat. They don't like use tight ends. Like they don't. Even, I don't think they even have any tight ends like on their roster. Um, they mm-hmm. literally just throw the ball to their receivers. Um, and the only thing is just so you have Connor Cook is the kind of proclaimed starting quarterback, but it hasn't. I don't think it's been necessarily announced yet. So it's something to keep an eye on. Um, in the case that he isn't named the starter, it would be Philip Walker that would come in to be the starter. Um, but I do like stacking together guys like Connor Cook with his receivers with Sammy Coates. And actually, I think that the value play is actually not, um, I mean, you know, if you look at Houston, you know, the depth charts, kind of like you have the top tier guys, but then like when you get down to like some of these smaller salaries, it's kind of like a, a crapshoot. But I've heard a lot of good things about uh, Khalil Lewis. Um from Houston as well. And because I was saying before, like they don't use tight ends. They literally just go wide receiver one, wide receiver two. Like that's all they do. And they don't Mm -hmm. even feature the running backs 
that often in the um, in the passing game. So that's mm-hmm. another thing to, to note as well. So you see a guy like, so that's why I think, I mean, I'm surprised to see Andre Williams, like at least on DraftKings, he's like really cheap, but I think that's really the reason why. Um, they don't really feature the running backs in the passing game. So I'm not, I'm not targeting any running back for Houston. I'm going to be solely focused on their passing game and their receivers, starting with Sammy Coates. Um, and then just confirming, you know, with information that Connor Cook is, is good to go. He's the starting quarterback. Um, so that's it for the Houston side. And, and I, like I said, I like Lewis um, as a kind of like cheaper option at the receiver position uh, to yeah. fit in with Coates. And Houston, from what I'm seeing here, so the Houston Roughnecks, what a great name. But, uh, <laughs> you know, they're coached by June Jones. Uh, he's, he's a favorable coach for the passing game. He was the coach at Hawaii and SMU who I remember were just pass, 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 pass. And they're running what's called the run and shoot offense. So really what it comes down to is that if Connor Cook wins the starting job, which I guess it looks like it from what you're saying, he is the lowest priced quarterback. He's lower than the Seattle quarterback. Oh, wow. (laughs) So that is very interesting and probably going to be your best salary saver. So hopefully he wins it over Walker because Walker's uh, $4 more. So I, I do like that. Uh, I think uh, I think I might find the team to to target here, especially to save some salary. So um, sorry to steal your thunder. Just wanted to add that in there. Go ahead. Talk about my favorite team, L.A., who I know nothing about. All right, L.A. Well, L.A. probably has the most well, one of the more well-known quarterbacks. Uh, so Josh Johnson. Oh, um, yeah. In the NFL. Oh, yeah. He's, hey, been like, <laughs> he's been around like a while. So he's probably going to get, if I had to guess, Probably the most, like, ownership. I mean, it, it's really tough to project, like, ownership with these because we really don't know who's going to be playing these games necessarily. But Josh Johnson, um, he's obviously a mobile quarterback, but he hasn't really – there hasn't been really a lot of hype around him just because I think that he has – he hasn't really done a lot in practices. And I know that they had their – they had some preseason games. They didn't really, like, play in any of the preseason games. Um, but he's a guy that I think that uh, – I mean – is he the most expensive quarterback on FanDuel as well? He's yeah, be- he's going to be the most expensive. He's $21, which is, you know, a fifth of your salary. Yeah, so so that's the thing with him. So I, I'm not so sure that I'm, like, dying to play Josh Johnson. Um, just because looking at, you know, I, I just like the, the outlooks for Houston more, you know, in their passing game. Um, when you look at – and they also, like I mentioned before, um, they traded away Rashad Ross. So I Rashad Ross was their the number one wide receiver – and Trey McBride. Him away for Trey McBride. So I, I think that McBride is definitely, I think McBride was someone that I played in like preseason DFS for the Jaguars, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think he came down with a touchdown. So uh, I think Trey McBride is coming a little bit cheaper too. So I do like some of the receivers on the LA Wildcats. Um, Spruce is someone I've heard a lot of good things about and uh, Blacknall. Um, so those are some of the guys you want to target. I, again, you know, it's when you when in doubt, I would say, probably pay down at the receiver positions because receivers by nature are just a more volatile position. So, I mean, we can say, Hey, he's the most expensive. So he's probably the best, but like that really doesn't hold that much, in, especially in this type of format. So, uh, but those are a couple of names to mention Spruce, uh, Blacknall and Trey McBride. Yeah. McBride is, uh, he's $13 at wide receiver. One of the lowest, uh, priced wide receivers. So if he's going to start, which it looks like he is, uh, he ran a 4:41 entering the NFL in 2015, so he's got some speed behind him, and 
if Josh Johnson can throw it to him, I, I saw Josh Johnson actually uh, in San Diego towards the end of the A, what was it, AFL, the AEF that was here. So uh, that was an exciting team. San Diego is actually pretty solid, and then they just shut it down. So let's see what happens with the XFL. Josh Johnson was the best quarterback in that league, um, but he is priced he is priced pretty high. But maybe you can get some salary savings with McBride. Um, was there anything that you want, else you want to touch on here? Um, also, I've heard a lot of good things with uh, Elijah Hood. So he should be the starting running back for the um, LA Wildcats. Um, mm-hmm. That's even like the latest report that says that um, he's going to handle the bulk of the carries for the for LA. Um, so anything like that, like, I mean, we, we, we are limited to what information we have. So if there's a report that says Hood is going to get the bulk of the carries, like, I would just say, hey. I'm gonna. That's what I'm gonna go with. Like I think that's smart, as opposed to just picking a guy that you literally don't know anything about. If there's a report that says, "Hey, he's gonna get the bulk of the carries," like us just discussing this might just give you an edge, because <laughs> there may be people that just don't even know that about Elijah Hood. Yeah, huh? it's good. Yeah, I was I was reading that now too. That Elijah Hood is gonna be a starter. So uh, let's take a let's take a little turn here now. So. Let's talk about PGA. I think we kind of dove into the XFL piece a, a little bit more. That's our two-game slate. Um, you can ask questions on Win Daily Sports or, or in our Discord chat. I'm sure Andrew Erickson's going to live on there with me um, once I get up to date on everything. Like I said, I'm going to max out, so I'm not going to have a main lineup, but I'm gonna, just going just gonna to wing it. You know, I'll do some research, lock in a few core plays, but it, it's looking like um, – if what's his face is starting, man, I already forgot his name. Look at that, Connor Cook. If Connor <laughs> Cook start, um, it looks like it's going to be a, a lock for me in the majority of my lineups, just because he is so cheap, and he's the cheapest quarterback on the on the slate that's going to be starting. And he's a, he's even cheaper than that, that trash Seattle guy. So we'll see what happens. Um, so moving on, I just wanted to dive into to PGA a little bit. Had a had a big victory on there. I don't know if you heard about the beefing that was going on, but really what it boils down to is someone wants to attack me or attack the, the family. I defend the family. Then they want to call me out. They want to challenge me my fifth best DFS game, and I'm going to whoop them in their best game. So really what it comes down to is don't mess with my family because then I'll just take your money. So moving on from there. Um <laughs> I was expecting some sort of laugh or something. I guess not. Right? <laughs> no, I, I, I was. It was more of a you know a very very small chuckle. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> but uh, let's talk about PGA. So Pebble Beach, one of my favorite golf tournaments. Um, really, what it boils down to is I, I had a few people ask me, "Hey, for PGA, what should I be looking at? I want to try PGA. Basketball has been whooping my butt. So uh, what what should I do? So at start for PGA, really." There's, there's four things to consider to look at the following. So the first thing I look at when I look at it is course history. So the last two tournaments, I've kind of focused on that. Last tournament kind of burned me because Tony Finau actually, who has not made the cut the last two years, made the cut at the Waste Management Open. By the way, if you haven't seen the Waste Management Tournament, that is one of the most exciting golf tournaments in the world because there's the 16th hole Coliseum where people are screaming and flashing the golfers and... It's super. It's like a big major party atmosphere. So um, I got sidetracked on there. So I look at course history, right? I see how they've done. So for Pebble Beach, I'm going to look at the the last five years and really focus on the last three years. Um, Then I also look at their last five tournaments of this year to see if they're riding a hot streak or if they're cold or whatever. So usually like the the higher priced golfers, if they're riding into a cold streak, I'm not going to focus on that too much. And then the third thing I'm going to look at is 
what kind of golfer benefits from this kind of course? So, for example, last week I was saying that off the tee was the most important factor because there's a few drivable par fours. So you want to get those bombers that go there and hit it 350 yards and they're putting for eagle right there. And if they miss the eagle putt, then they make it for birdie. So that's what we were focusing on last week. And, um, you know, there, there's a few articles on Win Daily Sports from Antonio, from Patrick, from the others. Uh, I'll, I'll provide some insight to maybe even write up an article here. Uh, but this is one of my favorite tournaments. Um, and the key thing to find is some two to three value guys. So with those value guys, look at the course history, look at their la- last five tournaments, and then look at you know what kind of golfer they are and if they've benefited. So if they're five for five in cuts the last five years at Pebble Beach and they're under $7,000, they're going to be a target of mine. So that's really the short answer of PGA and what I'm going to be doing with Pebble Beach. Was there anything you wanted to add, Andrew? I don't know if you uh, focus on PGA, really. Well, you know, I'm, I'm trying to get into it, but I guess the names kind of always intrigue me. So, like, Waste Management and, like, so is it Waste Management, like, the sp- I'm assuming it's the sponsor? Or is, like, why is yeah, it called that? Yeah, they sponsor that. Waste Management, the, the week before that was the Farmer's Insurance here in San Diego. Um, so this one's Pebble Beach, which is to be played at Pebble Beach. So, um, yeah, it's the sponsors. But the Waste Management, that's always a fun one. Pe- Pebble Beach is too good to, to sell it off to a sponsor. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> Too high end, you know, <laughs> but yeah, so, I mean, that's the, the, the main things and you can find us in our discord chat, ask us about the lineups if you like it or whatnot. And if you want to challenge me to a hundred dollar head to head, bring it on. Right. So Andrew, anything else you want to add here? Uh, no, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to be challenging Javi to the hundred dollar head to head. So, so I mean, if someone else wants to, I will cheer you on. Good luck. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Well, that that's it. That's what we want to focus on today. You know what, what happens after NFL? I'm super excited for baseball to start, uh, catchers and pitchers report soon. Um, you know, you have your XFL guru here in Andrew Erickson. You have me with NBA, NHL and golf. Really, I'm focusing on NBA and golf for now, uh, but I'm going to dive into to XFL just following my, my main man, Andrew Erickson's advice. So from us here at Win Daily Sports, thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next week. Take care. <laughs>